Glad you 
It's actually a pleasure. Um, we have Brother Paul Langston back with us this Sunday. Uh, he preached with us a couple times this past summer, and uh, I'm sure everybody that was here remembers his preaching and, and how well it was. Um, this is probably the last Sunday that we will have to introduce him. Paul has graciously agreed to fill our pulpit until such time as we get a pastor. So... Uh, we will be speaking more about that later on, but Brother Paul is a uh, leader in the North Carolina Baptist Men Missions uh, Projects. Uh, right now, Operation Inasmuch, I'm assuming, is the main focus, uh, preparing for next year's Operation Inasmuch. And, uh, so, Brother Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you in, uh, continue on. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll tell you, this has already been, uh, for me, a tremendous uh, worship experience. Dr. Vincent, that, the, the message in that song is incredible. Uh, thank you for that and the, the music and the, the Thanksgiving uh, theme. I, I've told several folks this past week that uh, a lot of them knew that I've been here before uh, this past summer. And, but I told several of them, I'm really looking forward to being at Conway for several weeks. It's been Oh, it's been 11 or 12 years since I've been able to be in the same church through the Advent and Christmas season, so I'm excited about it. It's a, it's a special, special time, and uh, and really, though, this isn't technically the first Sunday of Advent. It's, a, it's connected, and Thanksgiving, and the celebration, and what we've done, so I've been deeply, deeply grateful. And this worship service, as I said, you've already spoken to my heart. Uh, Thanksgiving is a season that... A lot of times I, we pass it over. You know, Christmas decorations have been in the stores for a month. They had them out before Thanksgiving. I think they had to sell the costumes and stuff to, to make room for, for Christmas things. And yet Thanksgiving is a tremendously special and important time. And, uh, and that's what our focus has already been. Uh, so thank you for letting me be a part of it. I'm looking forward to what God will do in the, in the time that we're together. I've been praying for Conway Baptist for months. God's got the person for you, and if it means waiting a week or a month or, or six months or however long it is, it's worth the wait for the person God's got appointed. Uh, you want the right person and, and not just quickly. Uh, so thank you for being patient. I know there, there always are ups and downs in a search process. There are always discouragements. There are always exciting times, but when the right person comes, it's going to be a great, great joy. And uh, we can't wait to see together what God's going to do. It's a great church, and it's his church. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. And uh, the, the scripture I want to share this morning is uh, Psalm 100. And so as you're turning, I'll, just, I'll give you just an update on me. I've been, uh, since I was here last, I've been traveling a, a good bit. That fall time of the year is when I, I do that some. And uh, end of September, 1st of October, I was able to be in Armenia, where we've had a partnership through Baptist on Mission for about 15 years. And in Armenia, when the Soviet Union collapsed back in the, the late, or late 80s, early 90s, there was one Baptist church. 
Uh, in the interim time, in the late 90s and early 2000s, they came to Baptist on Mission and asked us to partner with them. And uh, they had just a handful of churches then, about 30. Uh, now they've got 130 churches. Uh, they put one in each of the regions of Armenia. And in Armenia, they have immigrants from Iran, from Assyria, from Syria. They've got Kurdish. They've got Yazidi. You remember hearing in the news a couple of years ago when the Yazidi were massacred in a mountain in northern Iraq. Well, many of them have emigrated or fled uh, to uh, Armenia. So we've been able to, to impact them. And that was exciting to see what God's done. And uh, then uh, I spent uh, just a couple of days in Hungary seeing what we've been able to do with some of the Roma Gypsy. And then last week, and uh, about 11 days, I was in South Africa as we partnered with Door of Hope. Uh, right now, we're building cottages that will house six abandoned children and either a, a lady or a host couple that will be the house parent. And it's exciting to see it. Uh, our job was to make blocks. Now, I told people before we went what I had been told and what they'd said they were going to be lightweight blocks. Well, a, a concrete block about the size of a cinder block or a little bit bigger, uh, they're not really lightweight. <laughs> but they changed somehow or another, and they don't even know how. They said, we don't know why, but these are not lightweight like they told us it would be. But as we made the blocks, uh, we had a special, special treat Friday a week ago. Uh, we were working out in the country and, and building, uh, making blocks, getting ready to build the village. They brought some of the toddlers in that were two, three years old. They kind of romped around and played. They had a Christmas party, actually. And as we looked at the toddlers, these are children who haven't been adopted. Obviously, your first choice in, in, for an abandoned infant, you want them to be adopted into a family that's their family. But these are kids that haven't been selected for adoption, so they came out. So we spent the morning making block. Then we spent two or three hours at lunch with the kids. And to look at those kids and realize these are the, these are the children. It's not just somebody. These are the children who were going to be in these houses, the first ones. Uh, that was, we didn't expect that. They don't normally do that. But Friday we got to look at them and say, you know, point at some kids and say that one and that one and that one and some of these that's who will be living here. So it made, gave great meaning. Thank you for being a part of all that. You know, you're a part of that and, and many, many, many more things. Uh, as Brother Connie said, the operation in as much, and you do a lot of those things all year long. But in that focus, in uh, end of April, 1st of May, it's a chance for us together to show the communities, hey, we're on mission. We're active doing what God would have us do. So uh, thank you for your prayers for me. It's been a, a great fall, and, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do uh, going forward. And uh, that, that's one of the reasons for hearing Psalm 100. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a psalm of praise. And when we think about the God we serve, we ought to have hearts that are thankful in every circumstance. So uh, Psalm 100, the word of the Lord says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. 
His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Bow with me together as we pray, please. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, thankful for who you are, thankful for what you do in our lives. God, we surrender to you for you to do anything you want. This morning, give us hearts that are filled with thanksgiving and praise, hearts that are focused on you. And then, God, as you use us, help us to point more directly and more purposefully to you so that others come to know you as the Lord and Savior of their lives. We offer this prayer to you now in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as we do march toward Christmas and then New Year's, if you've got any kids in the house, or grandkids or, or living in the house, have they given you a Christmas list yet? One way or another, they, they do it. They don't always write it like they used to. Matter of fact, now they probably text it or email it to you. When I was a kid, you know, decades ago, there was uh, the Christmas book, the Sears Christmas book that came out every year. And I'd go through that and flip through it and I'd circle things. Well, if my parents had bought, you know, back 40, 50 years ago, everything I circled, there's no telling how many thousands of dollars you know, they would have spent. But that was part of my list. And then I'd make a, a real list. These are the things I want. I got some of it. Some of it I didn't. But Christmases, they were always good. But then a few weeks later, a month from now or so, you might be making another list, which will be your New Year's resolutions. These are the things I want to do. Those things normally I'm going to, uh, like a couple of us already talked about, you know, I did my best at Thanksgiving to eat the food and not just the dessert to be a little bit more healthy. So a lot of times our, our New Year's resolutions, that's a list of this is what I'm going to do, exercise more, eat less, sleep more, sleep less, you know, whatever, do something at work, and a different list. Well, Thanksgiving was a few days ago, but one of the lists that, that we're, I'll speak for myself, and maybe you're like me, we're bad sometimes about leaving off that list of what we're thankful for. We may spend a few minutes on Thanksgiving, and, and my dad, every Thanksgiving before we eat the, the lunch, he'll say, well, I'm thankful, and he'll name a few things and say things about us. We don't always do it on a daily basis. So before we really jump headlong into the other holidays, I pray that looking at, at Psalm 100, we'll take a few minutes to make a real sincere list of things that we're thankful for and we'll use what God says in the psalm to do it. Uh, there was a group of ladies that made a Thanksgiving list a while back and, and these are a couple of things they, they put on their list. They're thankful for husbands who tackle small jobs around the house because after they tackle the small jobs they're able to bring in a real professional to fix what they messed up. Now I've, I've done that you know, before. Another thing they said is they were thankful for smoke alarms because it let them know when the turkey was done. <laughs> and the better smoke alarms get, the more true that is. My daughter, you know, we've, we've laughed a while back when she comes home Thanksgiving, Christmas, she wants to cook stuff. Well, our smoke alarm is exceptionally sensitive. And so when she starts cooking, a lot of times now I'll tell her, well, go ahead and open the window and turn the fan on. 
because it, it really does do that. Another thing some, some men said is they were thankful for the taxes they paid because it meant that they had meaningful income. Uh, they were thankful for the clothes that were a bit too snug because it meant they had plenty of food to eat. They were thankful for grass that needed cutting and gutters that needed cleaning and the, the repairs that did need to be done around the home because it meant they had a home. They were thankful even for the exorbitant heating bills because it meant they were warm. Now those are things that are a little bit funny and, and are very much true. But if we really made a list even offering it to God, you know, what are we thankful for? A lot of times we, we look at the, the abundant things and we're thankful for those things and we forget the, the many, many small things, the detailed things that, that make life so full. But then spiritually, some of the things that I hope we put on our list are that we're thankful for the salvation that Jesus Christ offers us and thankful for mercy that we didn't deserve. When I think about mercy, I think about a scene from my high school career. Senior in high school, I was eating lunch one day, and the principal, now literally, he wasn't hurting the girl, but you couldn't do this now, but, but he had her by the hair, and he, was, he wasn't dragging her, he was just making her follow him, and he was basically pulling her toward the office. Her name was Isabel. And everybody knew Isabel. Well, as they were going toward the office, Isabel was just screaming to, at, at this principal, I want justice. I want justice. you got to give me justice. And Dr. Gunner, as they were moving toward the office, he said, Isabel, if what you want is really not justice, what you need is mercy. <laughs> like I said, everybody knew Isabel, and that was... That was correct. And I don't have any earthly idea of what she had done that day. I don't know. But just like, I don't want to know, that's right. But just like Isabel did need mercy from Dr. Gunner, we desperately need mercy from Jesus Christ. Because we have done things. Some of them were unintentional. Some of them we knew better. We need mercy. But as we think about Thanksgiving, a lot of times our Thanksgiving is, is keyed on or it comes from how much of something we've got. It comes from our abundance. But if you think back to, to 1620s when the first pilgrims were here, that first Thanksgiving, after they'd had a winter, about half of them died. They, they get through to the, the spring season, and they, they had a, a pretty good harvest, and they invited the local Indians, and you've heard the story. that The chief came in, and on Thanksgiving Day, he was bringing 90 braves, 90 people, to celebrate with them. Well, the pilgrims didn't really have much food, so they were terrified that it was going to go through their winter rations. Well, by the chief's generosity and, and wisdom, he brought a great deal of wild turkey and a venison, and they had a three-day celebration. But the next winter, which is the one that we, we hear about a lot of times at Thanksgiving, 
was a terribly, terribly difficult winter. They didn't have the number of people die, but they still ran through their provisions because they really had not set enough aside. So that next winter, their daily rations were five kernels of corn. That's what they lived on. So the second Thanksgiving, when the, the chief came in, and this time he brought over 100 people with him, and more, den- more venison, more, more turkey, and they had a, a tremendous celebration again. We, we hear that story about how abundant the meal was and the multi-day celebration, but the first plate they set in front of people on that second Thanksgiving in 1623 was a plate that had five kernels of corn on it to remind them that's what winter was like. So as we celebrate the abundance that God has given in 1623, we want to remember what he brought us through and all that we've got to be grateful for. They were among the early pilgrims, the most deprived and, and, uh, and uh, difficult situation of any group in American history. And yet, they were thankful for what God gave because they were alive. They had made it. So as, as we think about it and what we're going to do, uh, Psalm 100 begins with these words. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. There are five things in, in these verses that, that Christ is, or God's talking about. And he says, first of all, make a joyful shout to the Lord. So five things, not the same as the five kernels in Thanksgiving, but five things God asks us to do. First of all, to make a shout, a joyful shout. The, the, the word there, what they're talking about, is something that comes from deep inside. And it just, it comes from inside, it goes out, and it's absolutely unrestrained. It's such a tremendous shout of joy. It, it, it takes control of everything. It's like a trumpet blast. Uh, there was a missionary who told the story of when he was in a particular place. He, he preached a message, and at the end of it, a veteran missionary came up and told his story, and he said he had, in, in the tribe he was working with, he had discovered a degenerative eye disease, progressive blindness, that, that people had fine vision, but then something happened in their, their, uh, their life that, that made them lose their vision. So he figured out how to correct it, how to treat it. So he offered them a treatment that took people who had been blind and gave them their sight or took people who were, had healthy sight and kept them from losing it. After he did that, he said the, the natives who did not have a word for Thanksgiving in their language or in their dialect came to him and said, we shout your name everywhere we go. We tell your name. And what they were saying is, we're so grateful for what you've done, it co- we can't remain silent. It's a shout for joy. Shout, a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. As you read through this psalm, verse 1 says, shout to the Lord. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord. Uh, verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. And as you go on down through the psalm, it continually points back to Him. Shout for joy. You know, I'm a, I'm a college football fan, and I've told you all before, I, I went to Clemson, so I'm happy that we beat our arch rivals last night. 
But one of the things that happens at a sporting event, and, and maybe it ought to happen in church more often, honestly. When our team does something good, when the team does something extraordinary, you don't necessarily plan to celebrate. It just happens. You know, your, your team runs and, and makes a score. One of the, the guys last night from, from my team, his daddy is from my home county, uh, Hunter Renfro. And Hunter is a, a, a mid-size, even a small guy. And he caught a 61-yard touchdown pass. Well, as soon as he caught it and started running, you didn't have to tell me. I just jumped up out of my chair, and I was like, Hunter, go! Hunter, go! That was a shout of joy. A week ago, I was in a church in Johannesburg, South Africa, and they've, they've got a very, very different culture than us. But one of the things that blessed me beyond measure was as we were singing... There was a, a lady, she was sitting on this side of the church on the front row and had a, a blue dress on. And as we were singing, she just, and I'd have got, I've got no rhythm and I don't sing well, so I can't imitate what she did. But as we were singing, she, she was just with her hands, she was, she was dancing kind of quietly you know, to herself. But she was just celebrating. And then about halfway through the song, that, that dear lady just got excited. And she started making that noise that you've seen on National Geographic and all when they, they will wiggle the tongue and it's a, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a, ah, it's, it's a wobbly kind of sound. And wasn't that loud, really? But I watched her and I saw the joy in her face. And at that moment in her singing, Words no longer would convey what, what she really wanted to convey, and she just was, was making a joyful shout to the Lord. And I watched her, and, I, and then I saw the little kids started coming up to her, and she just rubbed them on the head and different things, and the, the enormous joy. Folks, when we think about the, the folks outside of the walls of our typical church service and church building, they, they live and we live in a world that, that often puts you down and puts the pressure on us and the stress is high and sometimes the joy is low. And when we come together in the presence of an omnipotent creator who gave us everything we've got and who we begin to understand what he really did. And we start worshiping. There ought to be shouts. And no, we don't, we're not Africans and with that culture. And we don't, we're not as, as verbal and vocal as they are. But when we gather together, God says here, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands, everybody. The Israelites had been reminded back in the book of Deuteronomy, God told them, when you come into the land and you build your houses and your, your, your coffers are full, when your barns are full, when you've got plenty of stuff, don't forget me. Don't forget that I'm the one who gave it. They needed a reminder. Well, I think, folks, a lot of times we need a reminder too. That we've been blessed beyond measure. I you know, I had more than five kernels of corn in the first bite of corn casserole I took on Thanksgiving. 
And that was the daily ration for the pilgrims in 1622. So make a joyful shout to the Lord. The second thing he says is serve the Lord with gladness. Notice he doesn't say serve the church. He doesn't say serve the pastor. He doesn't say serve the organization or the business or what. Serve the Lord with gladness, with joy, not out of obligation, not because we have to, not because a nominating committee twisted our arms and, and nobody else would do it, but with joy. What a privilege it is. Men, when you go down to White Lake and, and work on, on that place for the youth, with joy. Because you're not just serving the youth, you're serving the Lord. One of my favorite passages is Matthew 25, the, the famous one where, where uh, God's separating the sheep and the goats. And he says, inasmuch, and this is you know, the inasmuch passage, Matthew 25, 40. Inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. So we're not serving people necessarily. We do things that impact people, but the one we're serving is God. Serve the Lord with gladness. I shared with you this summer that you know when I was a kid, I cut the grass because my daddy made me cut the grass. I didn't like doing it. I hated it. So I didn't ever do it with gladness. But that's not, God's telling us, serve the Lord with gladness. Not, not serve my daddy, not serve the church, but serve the Lord with gladness. You know, when things change, I, a few years later, my son got a grass-cutting job, and, and he, he got lazy you know, one weekend. And it was just two or three houses down from us, and he was using my gas, my lawnmower, my everything. And so one day he said, Daddy, can you go, go cut Mr. Wilson's grass? And I thought... Yeah, because, you know, Mr. Wilson paid him. And I thought, yeah, because you know what? It's like I, I told Connie this morning, there's a church planter in Haiti, and if Mr. Wilson gives me the same money he gives my son, I'm going to give it to that church planter, and I'll be glad to cut his grass. It'd be fun, because I didn't have anything else. It was a Saturday morning, and nothing else to do. took about an hour. So I rode down and, and cut his grass, and Wilson handed me the the money and and he kind of laughed about it he said well I, I normally pay your son i guess i'll pay you and i said well i'm gonna be honest it, i enjoyed doing it it was fun and i didn't know whether you'd give me the money or not and i don't even really care i said but i'm gonna tell you what you did by handing me this money there's a church planter in haiti that's going to get a salary next month and so that that made this this grass cutting even more fun and he said, well, you know, this fall, your son is going to start college, and so I know he won't be cutting my grass. Well, you just keep cutting it through the, you know, next year somebody else can do it, but will you cut it on through the fall? And then, then I'll know. Wilson said, I, Wilson was, was not an evangelical Christian. And he said, but I'll know that every time I see you cutting my grass, that you and I together are sponsoring a church planter in Haiti. And I said, well, I don't really want a job of cutting grass, but I'll be glad to, I'll, I'll be glad to do it. That's fun. A lot more fun than cutting my grass. <laughs> when we serve the Lord, and it isn't always going to happen like that, and it's certainly not always about money. 
It's not. But God takes the little things we do and he gives them a brand new meaning and the joy just overflows. Serve the Lord with gladness. And then we don't mind doing it. Then we're looking for time to serve him more. The third thing that that, uh, God says is come before his presence with singing. And like I said, I'm a terrible singer. I've turned the radio on. I'll sing along with it. And I'm not even good at that. I don't even like to hear my own self. But it doesn't say come before his presence with singing as in quality. It's saying what you and I have said many times before, making a joyful noise. That there's joy coming out that that we can't keep it in and we can't stop it. It's a little different than the shouting. But it's a joy that wells up inside at which we can't remain silent. Because even though I don't sing well, when when the Lord's blessed and and I'm aware of it, I'll often find myself humming or singing something that's familiar. And it's really just a song of praise to God. God is good all the time, but we don't always see it. So come before His presence with singing. You know, I mentioned that the Africans, they, they probably sang an hour. In service, I haven't been in a two or three hour worship service many times in my life. But those two Sundays in Africa, they were three hours. One was three hours. One was two and a half. That's that's a long time now. It's a long time. But over half of it was singing. Come before his presence with singing. And then verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord, he is God. He made us and not we ourselves. We're not the creator. We're the creature. God made us the way he made us on purpose. You know, I don't know why God wanted a, you know, a, a mid-height, kind of overweight, not that great looking or, or skilled of a person, but he did, and he made me. And he did it on purpose. It wasn't an accident that he made me or that he made you the way he made us. This, we are the way he wanted us to be so that we could show his glory rather than ours. I think that's a big part of why God made us the way he did. We joke about it sometimes, but it's true. People who know you and me will often see what God does through us, and it points to him because they know us. And they know that that we don't necessarily and inherently have the, the gifts and the skills and the resources to do everything God does, but God made us, and he wants to use us to bring him glory. He made us the way he did uh, on purpose. And he's not only, he not only did it, but he's not finished yet. By God's grace, he's remaking us and making us better every single day. He's teaching us. He's molding us. He's shaping us. So that when people look at us, they don't see us. They see him. The end of that verse says, we are his people, 
the sheep of his pasture. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes being a sheep and not being the shepherd, isn't it? You know, we want to be in charge. We want to be in control. But truth be known, you and I don't always know where the green grass and the still water is. And when we set off on our own desires and our own design, sometimes we're like the prodigal. We end up in a far country. We're stranded somewhere. You know, I've done that before. We, we joke about shortcuts. You ever taken a shortcut that didn't work out? And you were just convinced, I know, I know this is the way. I know that this is going to cut through there, but then it doesn't do it. Because we didn't know everything we thought we knew. Well, we're sheep. Sheep follow a leader. He's the shepherd. And the, the fifth thing he says is enter his gates with thanksgiving. And that's not just talking about when we come to church, but it's talking about every day into his presence to be thankful people. Thankful which is where we started, not just for the big things, not just for the amount of money in the bank, not just for the skills we have, not just that we had enough turkey that we could gorge ourselves on, but thankful for the presence of God in our lives, knowing that tomorrow, just like today, He's going to care for us. You know, the... The song that Dr. Vincent sang, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. When you think of giving back and the people whose lives are being impacted, not just for what we do, but through God working through us, it's absolutely overwhelming that God would use us. So one of the things we've got to be thankful for is that God would let you and me Join him in what he does. Thanksgiving is a time not just to look back, but to look forward. Next week, God's going to do things in our lives that are going to be life-changing, not only for us, but for other people. So as we do these five things, make a joyful shout to the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, know that the Lord, he is God, and enter his gates with thanksgiving. There'll be people who see God in us and whose lives will be touched because we let God take control. Now, bow with me together, please, as we pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're coming into a time when we, uh, we celebrate and we thank you at Christmas that you're coming. Uh, we're coming out of a time when we've eaten a lot of turkey or, or ham or, or some kind of food. And we've taken a few moments to say thank you. But God, what we desire today is to have lives that are completely thankful. God, we do want to shout out to you. We want to serve you with gladness. We want to do all of the things that, that you ask so that you are evident in our lives to everyone who knows us. And God, as Conway Baptist Church and, and the individuals that make up this body do that, 
God, we give you the praise and you the glory and you the honor. But thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. God, we surrender to you as we offer this prayer now in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hymn of commitment and invitation this morning is 644, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. If we really did that, we'd be here all day. But as we sing and as we celebrate, this is an offering of us to God, recognizing His stewardship and His lordship and how He's blessed us. And a commitment that we're going to do it every single day to give Him the praise. Let's stand together now as we join in singing.
We want to call up the people who were going to White Lake uh, this week. If all of you who were going uh, that would, would come up, and we're going to have a time of benediction and blessing to, to praise the Lord for what he's going to do in you and through you. And uh, Come on. Be back. Come, yeah, come on, everybody. This, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a great, great, great week. We want to thank all of these folks for serving and willingness to offer their, their gifts and their talents to the Lord. And uh, just like we were looking at the, the psalm, they're serving the Lord uh, with great, great, great gladness. So let's. And we would like to thank uh, the church itself for providing the funds that allowed us to do this. So thank you all, too. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of it. Yes, ma'am. Good. 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 Amen. Okay, and the mom and daddy, baby, everybody's good and healthy, right? Good. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. So, well, let's bow together as we have a time of benediction, a time of blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this team that's going out. They're representing Conway Baptist Church. Uh, they're representing uh, their families and, and themselves. But God, more than that, they're representing you. That's right. So have your anointing on them. Uh, give them safe trip. Uh, give them a, a safe work environment. Help them to impact the people that they'll encounter during the week. Uh, thank you for this church and the, the generosity that's allowed this to happen. Uh, you're going to do great things. So we thank you beyond measure. And also for the, the celebration, the successful surgery, uh, the brand new baby. Uh, God, you're the one who's in control. Right. And you've brought new life and you're bringing increased health. And we thank you. Uh, you are a God who gives abundantly. Uh, thank you for, for loving us and for showing it again and again and again. Now as we go out through these doors... Uh, this mission team will be going farther, but all of us will be traveling, whether it's across the street or county or, or state. Help us to take every state step ordained by you to witness and to testify for you everywhere we go. And God, may you be glorified in our lives as we commit ourselves to you in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Brother.